Hello you. Welcome to another episode of Actors Making It, the podcast where I talk to actors about their journey to making it in whatever way making it means to them. This week's guest is Paul Talbot, who moved to Sydney from Brisbane a little over two years ago and has been going from strength to strength. In this episode, we talk about going all in and focusing completely on acting above all else, his hustle, which saw him shoot over 200 short films in three years, and what I found really interesting, which is his 10-step roadmap to making it, which, if you're a goal-oriented person, is a great way of tackling your career. What's probably more of note and important to think about is how long it's taken for Paul to get exactly where he is at this moment in time. Um... Guys, obviously, if you enjoyed this episode and this podcast, uh, I would love it if you hit the subscribe button. This obviously helps to get the podcast out to more listeners that hopefully we can help on their journey to making it. For now, I hope you enjoy this episode with Paul. Yay! Hi, Paul. How you doing? Good. How are you, Danny? Thanks for... Great. Um, you know, I think, what, this is day three or four of no rain, so I'm feeling quite spoiled. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. No, thank you for the opportunity. This is um, great. Yeah, it's nice. Actors, actors making it. That's what I'm. That's what I'm all about. So definitely keen to hear about your journey and your experiences in the in the industry. Yep. Uh, firstly, I'd just like to um, just acknowledge uh, traditional custodians, the land as well. Um, yeah, before we get into it, um, yeah, far away. I am. That is something. You know what? That's something that I never have never thought to do. Um, so I appreciate you calling that out. Oh no! Oh, means it's. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> we're we're all, we're all like uh, it's a new world. Everything's changing. Everything's shifting. Roles are changing. Uh, uh, what we perceive five years, ten years ago is is not as it is today. Everything's is that totally different. Yeah. All right. So acting. Um, you are obviously an actor who is making it at the moment. Do you, are you currently 100% acting or do you have yes. day jobs and, and whatnot as well? Or Yeah, 100% acting. Okay. Um, during, during COVID, it was a really tough period. Um, I was lucky to pick up a night fill position for Coles. Um, I've, I've held that job, but uh, through the hustling and, and the jobs that I've picked up, I've been able to sustain uh, full-time uh, work doing this. Yeah, that's nice. All right. Well, let's uh, let's get into that and how and how you got there. So, why why acting? How did you get into this crazy old industry? <laughs> I've always been a character in my family. <laughs> <laughs> my mother's always like, "I'll do this," and when I was a kid, I just know wouldn't be shy. I just go up and, and I would just I would just do whatever she uh, would request me to do. Uh, but when I was in college at Hubbard's up in Brisbane, I needed a subject filler and drama was there and I thought, oh, let's give it a shot. And then uh, the teacher, um, she was associated with NIDA and things like that and she um, asked me to pursue it full time. She said, yeah, I think you should. And she was kind of like a, like a scout okay. right, up there as well. Uh, and, you know, you sit down with your parents <laughs> and you say, um, I, I want to be an actor. And the answer to them was, um, no, go to university, <laughs> get a real job. Uh, so I, I did that. I did my first degree, Bachelor of Commerce, uh, approached them the second time because I had another window, uh, a producer that was working 
or it was Real Art Media when they first started out, and now they're Millennium Pictures. Uh, I got a chance to meet with him, and he said, "Oh, hey, would you know, would you be interested in getting to, to acting and things like that?" And, and, I, and I thought, "Oh, I went back and asked my parents again," and they went, "Can you do one more degree for me?" <laughs> so, yeah, I went back to uni and I did another degree, a master's of financial planning. And then I said at the end, when I wait for a bit, I said, look, um, I did everything that you've wanted and I'm blessed that I've had the opportunity to do these degrees, but now it's, it's my time to do what I need. And I felt it's my last window to get into acting or else I'd live the rest of my life with regrets. That's really interesting. So for like from a, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but what I'm hearing there is initially acting wasn't necessarily something that was a calling to you, but rather it was something people had recommended that you would be good at. And so you yeah. were pursuing that. Yeah. That's really kind of interesting. So then even though people are telling you that and your parents say, no, go and go and get a degree. What, why? Why? why why would you like if it's something that you what that wasn't necessarily this is what i want to do yeah this is what i'm being recommended to do how did you kind of decide that yeah okay well that's that's something that i should pursue well my parents uh you know the old school so because i i mean i was born in 1980 so they didn't consider acting as a as a job mm -hmm. uh, my father he to this day has never really considered acting as a job. Um, and mum, uh, yeah, she, she always wanted her sons to be lawyers and doctors and you know, it's that whole, uh, theory of what they wanted. Uh, it, it took time, but when I eventually got into it, I said to her, look, you, you won't regret letting me do what I want because I want it bad. <laughs> and I used to work at a video shop. So I used to try to suppress it. It was hard because. Yeah, you, you kind of know that you're good at something, but you, yeah. So working at a video shop, I'd, you know, see films and, you know, you always wish that you were that part of that film or that opportunity, that role, or you could, you could do that. And yeah, yeah. Uh, I just, it got to a point where, yeah, I just couldn't, couldn't deal with it. You could try everything to suppress it, but it just kept coming back and it kept coming back at me. And I knew the last time it came, the opportunity came, I knew that was it. It's telling me this is the last time you're going to have this. Okay. So you either take this now or you bury it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So when you finally succumbed to the, the pull of, of acting, what was the, how did you kind of pivot from what you were doing into acting? Was it you studied again or you just went in and did it? What was the, what was your thought? Yeah. Well, first thing is like, I mean, if you I had, my theory is if you're going to go on the voice, uh, probably see a professional first to see if you have a, a, you know, a shot or a chance or something, see something in you. So I went to, uh, the same coach from, um, that I had in, in Hubbard's and she, uh, I didn't know I was being auditioned. So you, you pretty much pay for your lessons up front. So I paid, uh, three lessons up front and she gave me certain scripts. And it was really funny because I remember one of them was uh, Glengarry Ross. And uh, I played it the way that you think it should be played. But then I had what I wanted to play it as. So I remember I turned up and, and she goes, okay, play, you know, go for it. So I did the first one, what I thought it would be. And she goes, is that, is that the way you've always wanted to play it? I, I feel it's just the way that's 
I went, I really want to do this. She goes, why don't you do it? Oh, okay. So I did my own version. And then she was like, great. Sat back. And then she went, all right. And gave me a couple more scripts. And then on the third one, I, um, I was just shocked because she, she laid a, I never forgot that she laid a pad and she laid the phone and she said, um, what, what would you want to do? Because right now I can make a phone call and you can go to NIDA in Sydney and study for four years or stay with me. And I looked at it and I was like, what? Yeah. Cause I'm just, I'm just from negative. Like everyone's always told me the worst stuff, you know? And I've always thought, that can't be right, Susan. Uh, and I thought, you know what? I'll just stay with you. Cause I've, I've done two degrees. <laughs> I've spent so much studying. You just overstudy. Right. So mm-hmm. I thought, you know, I'll, I'll just do one-on-one with you. It's more, more one-on-ones better. You learn more as opposed to just, I felt that if you were going to go to class. So we, I stayed with her for a bit and then I got to a point where I said, you know, all these lessons are here. I'm just dying to get into it. So that's when I went, okay, where do I start? Google.com, <laughs> have a look. Uh, I, I basically hustled from nothing. I had no connection, nothing at all, well, nothing, not one thing. And then I found, you know, sites like Star Now. Um, and I remember I did a, a billboard that was on the airport for a $100 Coles voucher. So that's when it first started out back in 19, uh, 2010. So the, the payments for the jobs was okay. very low and it was only just starting. And, and then from there, I, I started doing these, these jobs for these guys. And I remember I did that billboard and he won, the photographer won um, an award for that photo. And then I remember I turned up on a, on a set and he was there taking photos of, of the gig. And he's like, hey, that, you, you know that photo that we did? I said, yeah. He said, I got an award for it. So he contacted me and then gave me work. And then I started going, oh, hang on a sec. So your work ethic, right? Pay. So I was doing jobs for people for minimal, knowing that not now, but in two, three, five years time, I'll get bigger payments. Um, and so he, he linked me up with years worth of work. Uh, and it's just, I just kept networking. Um, that was, that was more uh, commercial photography for him. Um, the acting was through schools. I went, um, and some of those students graduated and then they would call me up <laughs> and I go, dude, I've got a gig for you right now. Uh, can you make it? It's, it's so-and-so dollars. Um, I said, I'm there. Boom. Uh, and there was, there's six schools in, um, in, within the, the Brisbane region. So there was NIFA, uh, JMC, Griffith. Um, Bon Uni, uh, I remember another one. There's one I'm missing. QUT? Yeah, Q- Q- QSFT. Um, and QT was there. And what I did is I did one job and then I started doing that because they had their first, second, third years. So the first year was, um, they do a scene and then they get to redo it to their own way. Yep. So I'd get in some of those classes with them and then they would go to grade year two and year three to do the finals. And it got to a point where starting was renowned for people pulling out. Right. I remember I did one short film and the guy said, I just pulled out, man. Can, can I use your actor? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, hell yeah. I get to be a doctor in this one. Right. So 
um, I didn't even have the cast. So what happens is that they all had me on their messenger feeds and I ended up doing, during their peak periods, I do about five or six short films in a week, back to oh, back, wow. back to back to back to um, back. Then I ended up doing. Um, and these are all like student films and stuff that you were doing? Yeah, student, student yeah, films, nice. scenery dudes, all that stuff. And I, and I ended up doing about 200 in under three years. Yeah, that's a lot. I think there's a, nice. there's, that, that's a lot. And, and you, you, like from a student film perspective, were you being paid for those or? Some of them I was being paid. Because some of them, I actually had leverage there. And I said, look, you know, it's hard for me to come and do this for free. Um, so, you know, it was small payments, but it was good. It worked out well. So I had that, plus I had the photography stuff there. Plus I had um, uh, a couple of commercials come through that I did. And then those companies started calling me back. So I didn't even need a casting director. Mm-hmm. So they'd be like, oh, we remember. And I'd stay away from the perpetuity ones, obviously. You know, um, Some of them, you know, when payments got pretty desperate. I had to, you had to take them, but then, I mean, perpetuity for something that you would never, ever do. Like, I don't know, probably, uh, blankets, <laughs> you know? like who's ever gonna do a competitor for blankets, you know, or, or yeah. like if it was like ASICs or something like, yeah, okay. You know, I'm not a model, so I'm not going to be doing these massive ASICs campaigns. Right. So I might as well just take this one. Yeah. You, know, you, you kind of thought, and it's that whole hustle for each dollar and, and small jobs. And then it just, over the years, just paid off. I started getting the bigger yeah. payments later on down the track. Um, short or, films in, or 200 for short films yeah. in three years is, is mm. a lot. It's a, it's a lot of work, which is admirable. Um, when you first kind of started out and you obviously, you know, decided acting was your career choice, what was your idea at that point in your life of, making it like once i once i do this then i've made it as an actor my my standards are really high so i would pretty much uh, label my whole career within steps of one to ten um i'm pretty much on about a cusp of seven at the moment uh and the point that i felt i made is when i went on to born to spy so i got a a bit of a break there playing a father of of one of the main characters in the, the children's uh, TV series. And it's crazy because I rocked up and I thought, oh, this is it. You know, the, the producer's over there, just give me a wave and a smile. And this, this is, these are the people that, you know, you've, that you're going to be surrounded by. And it was, it was just weird. like, I've been on set, so to be professional, but this is, yeah, you just know once you're there on set and then you're seeing A-list actors. Uh, I got to work with Nicholas Hope 101. That was awesome. And I worked at a video shop. So I was, <laughs> when I met him, I thought, dude, bad boy Bobby still gets rented to this day. You know that, right? <laughs> when I was working at a video shop. And he'd be cracking up laughing. I was like, listen to this day when I look at that video thinking, what are we doing to see with this guy 101? That's crazy. Uh, and we, we had two rehearsals to do the scene. Uh, Nick Verso was the, the director. Um, and all the work that I've done in the past, all the, the grinding and, and learning about more than just acting behind their, their scenes, there, it just paid off. So he was he was shocked too, because we, we just did the, we had to come up with a song and a little dance thing, and we just did it within like two, two like quick rehearsals. It was like under two minutes, two, three minutes. There was a tight window and then we went straight into shoot. So I nailed it in each take and then I was out. Um, and then I did this, the second one the next day 
and that's and um it's crazy because i remember when i first started you know you, you do extra work because you want to watch and see how everything goes and you're like oh it's amazing and you see these new faces you're like who's that you know trying to figure it out and i'm doing the scene and looking around and i can see people's faces going who's that guy and it's funny it's like it's flipped now <laughs> it's like, i was there and now i'm there uh that was the point when i felt i made it and those people on that set uh just so nice and humble that I've networked with them and uh, a couple of them I catch up with. One of them is he's actually really close and the stuff that they've, they've told me is just give me that confidence. Now, not confidence as an arrogance, it's confidence as in knowing your capability as an artist, yeah. but being grounded at the same time to appreciate, you know, it's pretty hard to, I don't know, for my position to be arrogant when you've been through a lot of, a lot of people that try to, to kick you down. Yeah. So that, that groundness is there, you quite you become kind of sentimental. So that was the point when I felt I made it. I was like, yeah, this is it. This and that, that's the benchmark for me. I mean, most people would have had different ones back in a day where, like, you know, I received uh, a best uh, performance award for for a short film, and um, that one uh, people would have thought that's when they made it. But for me, it's like, no, nah, when you're there with the A-list actors and you're in there and you're doing it and you can do the scene of that. Billy, when you test it with your skill set. That's where I felt that's when I made it. As you know, over the past few years, self-tapes have become the norm and they are being used by more and more industry professionals to cast all sorts of productions. I've personally recorded self-tapes for theatre, TV and film and commercials, and it makes life easier for casting as they can see more options. But what isn't easy for us actors is finding someone to read for us in the moment that we need them. That's where We Audition comes in. We Audition is an online video chat community where you can call someone that has marked themselves available and they will read for you for your audition. You can use We Audition to rehearse, film, or just ask questions that may help your audition. Last year, I had an actor contact me who had never drank alcohol, who just wanted to know how to play drunk. Um, you can sign up to We Audition to be a reader yourself. I log into We Audition most days and I just leave it on and people call and I accept and I help them with their auditions. So you can earn a little extra cash doing that and you can just meet some great people. I even helped one of the main cast of Morning Wars tape an audition towards the end of last year. Look, it's a great platform and if you're going to sign up to be a reader, it basically pays for itself. So if you want to sign up to be a reader on We Audition, you can get 25% off using the Actors Making It discount code Making It. So just go to www.weaudition.com and use the code Making It when you sign up. So you said at the beginning of that um, that you have ten stages of what you're working towards, and you're at kind of level seven or at the cusp yeah. at the moment. So talk to me about what those levels are that you've set yourself of from one to 10 of these are your, I guess, milestone markers of your career. Yeah. Eight would be the point where you actually, um, well, talk, talk me through from one. I'm keen to hear oh, okay, yeah, yeah. your journey has been of progression to get to where you are now or what, what you're striving towards. Yeah. So zero, basically you, you paint your whole goals and say like at the end, 10 is a sustainable career where everyone knows who your name is. Yeah. Okay. You're the person they, they want to audition to roll for. So basically, so Black Adam came up, Paul Talbot. That's who I want to sure. call in a rainfall. Um, 
So starting from one was, first of all, you got to get some experience and some training, all that sort of stuff. So the training comes in and as you're starting to develop skill sets within learning your scripts and learning your, to make the scripts more real, you start to develop that to two, to three, and then your confidence levels comes to four with your work and you start to get bits and pieces around three to four to apply all that training yeah. towards. Then you hit five, five is your benchmark was okay. Now it's time to, to dive in. Just, just take that leap of faith and just jump in. And then you've got to get a, your other job that you have at the time becomes second priority. Um, so you, everything you're doing now is, is towards acting. And then from five and six is where you start to make people know who you are. And then from six to seven is when you get repetitive work and then people are starting to now starting to see hey, this guy, who's this guy, you come into casting rooms. Um, for me, uh, you know, I, I was blessed like last year, I had about 20, um, castings. I had about 17 callbacks. Okay. So to me, that's, that's your skill set, your personality. It's everything there. It's basically you're, you're at a point where you go in a room and it's not about getting a job. It's about them knowing who you are. You're trying to get in front of more people now. So seven is a. Before you go any further with you saying that level five for you, uh, whether it's you or for, for everybody, but your level five was where people started to know who you were to audition you. How long did it take you from beginning your acting journey to getting to that level five point of, okay, people know who I am and they're inviting me to, to audition. Uh, that was about five to six years. Okay. I was at a bullet gate. Say I would take anything. I didn't care what it was. I was like, um, and I do it to the best of my ability. Like I would, I would, I, you know, I would turn up prepared, but I would have so much more I could play and add to it. Um, and that's when the people were like, Hey, I like this dude. Like, he does his way. And like, you know, you, you do some scenes. It's funny. Like, um, you, I remember I'd had this whole scene they wanted to do and I played it my way. And then everyone stopped and all everyone went up to the director and went, just use that take. That was so much more better. <laughs> and you can hear them like whispering and I'm like, I'm sitting, I'm happy because I'm happy. Like they've got options. And he's like, no, 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 I want it done this way. And they were just all oh, going. But then they would go and message me and go, dude, can you come on mine? <laughs> so that's when, um, cool. yeah, it was about 2005, six. I just think it's important for people to realize that it takes, it can take a long time to get yeah. somewhere right now. You're telling me that you, you work full time as an actor now. So you're, you're not maintaining a job outside of acting to, to pay the bills, which is a wonderful place to be in, but you've been at this for obviously a very long time. So I think for most actors starting out, I mean, I'm, I'm part of so many different Facebook groups. Um, and I will look at people who will post questions like I've been trying to make it as an actor for the last six months the last 18 months and and i'm not getting auditions and i'm not getting anywhere and blah 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 blah, blah because they yeah. think that it's going to happen overnight but you know your level five was six years to get to a point where you yeah. were doing regular auditions and people were like okay yeah paul is a reliable auditioner we will get him in 
and and also that five six years i mean people like when i i went back to another school to try to perfect my work because mm. i remember I, I looked at some of the choices i made in some of the scenes and you know with student films they choose edits edits can really determine what the scene yes out. like they could choose the wrong option for it but you know they're learning and uh, that's when i started perfecting choices and instincts in work and i remember it was just like my, my um coach at the time he was just like okay uh this is the scene throw a notebook and a pen and he goes okay you got five seconds count down to five seconds again this is the scene action it's like, all right, cool, do the scene. And all of a sudden, you just, I just felt this right moment to take, pick it up and start writing and drawing. Oh, do you remember this place and this place and slip little notes and stuff. And, and then he was like, um, at the end, I think he told me, he goes, look, you've, you've got instincts and that's something that can't be coached to people that either have it or don't. And, and that's when I started learning, oh, okay. So, wow, this is something that's pretty cool. Um, and then <clears throat> I did a, a children's workshop at Gainda uh, with his, it was amazing. These kids are got no mobile phones, nothing. They get dropped to school. Uh, so we're doing the whole workshop. They're so diligent, the keen act and everything. And they, they taught me the power of imagination. So I would write the same scripts, give them the scenarios and they all wanted to do it their own way, which is so completely different. And I remember there was one where these two girls were sitting in the cockpit and it was about like, it's a storm coming. And she goes, Oh no, quick. Alerts the passengers quick, mate, mate, we're going, we're going down, blah, blah, blah. And then she snatched it out of her hand. She goes, we're going to die. We're all going to die. And I was like, that's not in the script. What the hell? But that was so good. And I thought, oh. And then I walked out going, wow, as actors, we forget the power of imagination. Because mm-hmm. we, we were so reliant on technical aspects and how, how to do the scene. And, and, you well, know. we're also relying on making sure that we're, I think you touched on this earlier. I think until you reach a point in your career where you feel confident in what you're bringing to a scene or to, to your acting and trusting and relying on your instincts. When we first start out, it, we're very much in a mindset of doing, like we're, we're trying to show something that we think the other person wants to see rather than actually being in the moment and being present and just going with it. Um, I think, which I think is really interesting because if, you, if like whenever I do scene classes or do whatever with people and they always say the, and I'm guilty of it myself, they always say the, I didn't feel that I wasn't, I wasn't in the moment, blah, 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 blah. Um, but I, and I think a lot of that is down to, I didn't give you what I think you wanted to see rather than just doing the scene and having fun and being creative and imaginative and, and kind of getting on with it. Um, but that in itself is a journey, right? You know, it's going to take years. Some people can naturally just go straight into the like, fuck it and do, and do the thing because they don't care. Um, but it's taken, like, it's taken me. I think I'm, I mean, I've been acting on and off since I was a kid, but it's only been the last four years that I've been kind of like, no, this is my, this is who I am and what I'm doing. And it's only probably been the last six months where I've moved away from the trying to give what I think you want to see and just having fun and doing the thing that I want to do rather than what I think you want to see. Yeah. Um, there's a friend of mine I, really, I helped, uh, and it, this is kind of the biggest aspect a lot of people have it's, it's blocks. 
So you, you're watching a movie, it's an emotional scene, but you don't really tear up. You kind of, that's your block kicking in. Um, you've got to find within yourself, everyone, the only person you find is you. And you'll find that you have certain blocks and it's blocking emotions for coming through and, and being open. And I remember I said to a mate of mine, I said, look, just tell us about your breakup and everything. And then that was it. He just started flowing out and he's never vented or disgusted or anything like that. And he was very open about it. And he said, dude, you need to shut this off for me. He said, what do you mean? I said, I just looked at a sign and started crying while I was driving. <laughs> I just laughed. And I said, they, they got it, but you're free. That's, that's the thing. I think a lot of people forget, you know, you go in a scene, you are, oh, how do I look? Is the makeup great? Is, what if you just played it funny? Like, um, like uh, for example, uh, there was a, a commercial. I, this, uh, I won't use my story. I use someone else's story. It's actually great. So he was he was running down. And he had to chase his tire, right? And he was dressed up in normal clothes as a father and all stuff. And he said, "Wait, wait, wait! Can we try this? Can, can I wear like really short shorts, like really tight, and have a short shirt so my guts hang out, and I'm running down in flip flops? It'd be really funny." And they're like, oh, yeah, okay. And it was hilarious. But because of, he doesn't have any blocks, he doesn't care what people think, he doesn't have – he's like, I don't care. I'm just going to go out and do the scene. The scene is more important than me. And that's why um, he just killed it. And it's, it's that point where you, you've, you, you've got to just give in to criticism, things like that. I mean, I, I did a, a monologue on my mother, and I was scared to release it because I thought, oh, think you know this is really personal it's, it's a, a journey i went through in my life and you got the opposite response yeah you got like just under 600 views in about a day just over a day and the, the complex came down and i was just amazed i thought wow and, and that's that's like a step for for breaking those blocks to being more open accepting dude this is who you are yeah. like danny danny's scene will be so different from mine you can you can do it in such a way that I would I would love it. Like both our ways would be the best ways. But on the day, it's just how they feel Dave finds right for the character. But that doesn't that means that you, because you're more bold now, you're gonna get more auditions for other stuff. Yeah. Cause they're like, I liked his audition, that was really good. And they keep them, they they actually have it in the back of their heads, they know right. and they remember you, and they're like, oh, I just like later on I'm gonna bring them up for that. And that's one thing, um, I always encourage all artists to be, it's just be yourself. There's no right way, no wrong way. There's a bold way. And that the bold way is no blocks, just you, just going for it. I read a, um, like reflecting on the story that you just told about your mate who doesn't have blocks and he just kind of gets on with it and he did, did the funny scene. Yeah. I can't remember exactly where the quote came from because the quote that I read was somebody was one actor quoting another actor. So I can't, I'm, I'm not going to try and name drop yeah. who those actors were, but the quote itself was around the fact that you, the, again, I'm paraphrasing, but you have to be prepared to be embarrassed in acting. Like, the idea of acting is embarrassing and you have to be prepared to be embarrassed <laughs> to be successful. Yeah. And I think you've touched on something that's really kind of so prevalent in the industry, especially when you're just starting out, when you, when you, I won't necessarily use the term block, but when you're starting out and you're like, I need to be perfect. I need everybody to watch me in this scene and be 
amazing and I get all my lines right and people watch it and go, that was amazing. And, and we get stuck in this perfectionism kind of cycle of trying to just be what we think people want to see, um, that we don't allow, or we're afraid of being embarrassed. Um, or we're afraid, we're like, oh, I look terrible today. I didn't sleep really well and I look shit. So I look crap on camera and this is going to be yeah. shit. Um, but when you start to move away from that and be like, yeah, sure. I might look a bit shit or I might look a bit stupid doing this, but I don't fucking care because this is what's going to look great for the scene. Then that, or even not thinking about what's going to look great for the scene, just doing it and being in the moment and being present for it. Um, I think is when people start to to level up. Yeah, um, there was a, a play I did for Mount Cotton Dramas, the last ones before they closed down, and I played a priest. That, and it's about uh, the main character, the female. She her husband cheats on her, so she reads a book, and the book influences her to to cheat and and, and just have. Um, other men in her life and try, you know, every other man. And I play the priest, so she has a thing with the priest. So there's a bit where I'm like, oh, and I just rip all my clothes off on down to my undies, right? And then we're, we're making out and then the husband's coming in. I'm running upstairs. I'm hiding in the bedroom. But then I come out trying to sneak out, but then I get caught by the whole family. So there's like, it only goes for like 30 seconds, but it felt like five minutes, right? So I'm in my undies walking. So I have to slowly walk from the back. This is on the whole stage, all the way around to the front on the couch grab the Bible and put it between my legs and cross my legs and sit there. And you can see the audience. I can see my friends with their mobile phones going. <laughs> and, and they're like, I don't see any going, oh, my God, this is. <laughs> but, yeah, did it play over and over and over. It felt like five hours sitting there going, oh, my God. But, you know, the, the, char the character and they laughed and, and mm. that's what was more important. It's we're just kind of little, uh, we're, we're sort of, we need to, they need us to bring what we want to the character. Like for example, it's a, it's a comedy scene. If they're laughing, you've done your job. Exactly. You know, you, you, um, you were saying before about like camera, you, you just got to trust the camera guys. Cause to be honest, right. They need to make a good production. Mm. If it's not good, they're not going to use it. Exactly. They got to use you at your best. Yeah. So it's going to look good. And you will sometimes watch it and you'd be like, oh my God, like, is, that's, that's not me. Like, what the, I've never seen this before, but the, the camera people just have this gift mm -hmm. and they just know what they can bring out of you. Yes. It's crazy. Like I've seen some of them just go, oh, I'll just do this one shot. And if we pan across here at the end, it'll be like, and then you watch a shot and you're like, oh. God, that's it. Yeah, nice. Like Nick Verso was watching two screens. This guy was an absolute freak. So he was watching that person's line, that line, that line. And he's watching. So they both match, 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 match. Yeah. And he'd have it cut together. You know, when you, when you watch it, Born a Spy, it was great. It was shot so well. And it, yeah, but you, it's a lot of trust. You just got to trust everyone around you because people see things in you. And sometimes you don't even know. You have no clue what the hell they see in you, but they see something in you. Yeah. And, and you, yeah. And that's the thing. No one's boring. Everyone's unique. Everyone's, everyone's got something beautiful about themselves. And that's what people always go, oh, I hate it when they say this. Like, tell me something. You're like, oh, I'm just boring. Or, you know, like, oh, just Australian. Yeah. Just Australian. Like, Australians like dominate a lot of things sport wise, cultural wise. People want to know you, your accent. Like, 
everyone's got something beautiful about themselves, but they've got to believe in themselves to know that. Yeah, they, yeah. Um, I want to, like, just touching on the, your levels again. So you've given me from one to kind of like six. So you're saying you're on seven at the moment. Yeah. Um, and yes. 10 is the um, people invite no. me to audition because, they, sorry, invite me for the role because I know they know who I am and I got the, the role is for me. So where, what's your next level of leveling up that you're working towards now? Well, uh, the culture ambiguous is uh, thing is it's what's the biggest battle right now. Okay. Like is my mother, she's, uh, she's so <laughs> such a beautiful woman. She looks when she was younger, she looked at American Indian, you know, but she's got Polynesian. So she's got Samoan in her German. My great grandmother was German with long white hair and, and spoke full in German. Uh, we have Hawaiian in us as well. My dad's English got a, from Wigan. He's got a background there and yeah, you see my, People from Wigan. <laughs> and he, he, yeah, that, dad's relatives all have caravan parks there too. <laughs> so I was like, you know, like gypsy. <laughs> yeah. And it, it's kind of funny because, yeah, I'll be walking the shops with my dad and people just look at me like, who's that? And I'm like, you know, grandmother strange. And like with an older Caucasian guy, like, it's my dad. <laughs> it's like, people are like, well, yeah, he's as Aussie as he gets. I mean, yeah, he uses the word woman and this and that. And, He's got so many phrases and, and mom, she's speaks with broken English. She's as fresh as they come off the boat, you know, and you see both of them living together. And I was like, this is like a comedy. So two cultures clashing over how they perceive things. Um, but with me, they, people are just trying to pick me. So at the moment, you know, I got contacted about one. They said, oh, is he a Maori descent? But the thing is, one thing too, uh, people have to understand is Maldives and Polynesians, we're, we're all the same. The, the only thing that's different is that when they have a funeral, it's the traditional way of doing, like their, their cultural way of doing things. It's the only thing that's different on um, that. We're all farmers. We're all built on family. Um, yeah, it's it's kind of funny how they're still, because, I mean, you, you look, uh, I've got cousins that are half Samoan, half Kiwi, you know, half Maori, and you, you don't even know what nationality they are, you know. And you see the haka, like New Zealand, all blacks. Half of the team of Samoans and Tongans and you know, and Fijians and uh, that's one thing I think they need to s sort of look into. And but for me, the only way to break that is I, I need to create a name for myself. I need mm -hmm. them to go. I want Paul Tarbin in here. Yeah. Um, I think right now is a point where they're trying to discover what my nationality is. They're trying to fit with the boxes in there. I remember there was uh, an A-list actor. She had red hair. Um, I'm trying to get her name. She's on like nearly everything. And she said that when she came in the industry, they didn't know where to put her, right? They're trying to like, they have these little boxes. They try to yeah. put you in. She couldn't fit in any of them until she started getting her own work and create her own little projects that people started seeing her. So for me, you know, like people go, oh, are you Spanish? Are you South American? Are you Maori? Are you, um, Pan-Asian too. I mean, I did some Pan-Asian work as well. It's just crazy. Like, um, but now they're having that battle between authenticity as well as look. But if you you know and you're born from there and you know how they behave, I don't see there's a difference between that either. You're doing justice to them. You're not. Um, it's a kind of interesting discuss, uh, topic or discussion that I'd like to get into um, because if because of how long you've been 
working now, I imagine you, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but obviously diversity when it comes to casting has been very um, hit and miss for such a long time around whether whether it be colour, heritage, where, where, where you're from kind of thing. Um, yeah. it, I think we've gone through this kind of cycle now of like once upon a time, you know, obviously it's it's very much been uh, cisgendered white folk that that make it in the industry, um, or that that kind of get majority of the work, and then people of color would be stereotyped into a specific thing. But we've gone from I'm keen to hear about your experience, as I said, because you've been in it so long. We've kind of gone from this. Okay, so we need a person of color. It doesn't matter where they're from, our character is this, as long as they look a little bit like this, then it doesn't really matter, to now going to a point of unless this person is of Polynesian descent or is an actual Maori, then we're not, then we can't hire them. Um, mm. So you've had a career that spans probably a couple of um, periods of time regarding diversity. How have you... What have, what's your experience been over the years with your own cultural background and what that's meant for your acting career and decisions you've made? Uh, <clears throat> when I was up in Brisbane getting a lot of work there, there it's, it's very, very low-paying jobs. You know, you're, you're doing bits and pieces of, of stuff. And I had a casting director there invite me for drinks uh, to his house. And such so a nice guy, so so blessed. And I was lucky that he actually did that for me because he said to me, look, dude, I've been trying to get you on this campaign five, six years ago, but the clients just won't pick you. Like I literally put you as the only person and they said, oh, let's have anyone else. And then as soon as came in, um, he apologised to me and I said, you don't have to apologise. It's, it's just the industry. It's, I don't, it's bad to create hate and keep hate. It's, it's a very heavy thing to carry. Mm-hmm. Um, with me, I find success is, is the best revenge. <laughs> I'll remember that. And I'll be like, oh, okay. Then I'll get my next job and make sure that's like, I kill it. <laughs> so they see and they go, oh, that's the guy that cast it for us. But yeah, and he did good in this other job. Mm. So the only way I can ever get back um, and get more work is through success, through your work ethic. And everything's through my work ethic. I've always had to, you know, you turn up prepared, you have everything done and people remember who you are because you, your name is, is you know, the biggest uh, thing as an artist that creates you. Um, but movement here, right now, I just moved here at the right moment, right time. Because when I bumped into my Māori friend that's been in the industry for years before me, we we had a little joke. It was like, oh, man, I went for this barbecue ad and I was like, oh, I got shortlisted. He goes, let me guess. He lost it to uh And I was like, yeah. <laughs> it's like a little internal joke, but you, you can't, you can't hate it. At the end of the day, the, the industry is changing. I'm happy about that. Yeah. I mean, like, for example, we now acknowledge the custodians of the land. Like, like you said before, that's something we never did before, but, but now it's something that we do. And it's something that I like to um, take on board is like, uh, is just change. Like LGBT movement is awesome. I'm mm-hmm. so for uh, euphoria. I, before people liked it, I liked it way before, man. It took ages for people to catch up. Like, why does it take you so long? Yeah. Right? And you, you look at one of the characters there, and he and he's he's trans transgender. And there's a moment where he's lying on the bed, and you can see him. He's fully uh, as an act. That's amazing because he's so open, right? Mm-hmm. 
And I was like, this show is unbelievable because it's got one of every different person and everyone can relate to this and it's down this miserable path. And it, and yeah, I, I just, when I saw that, I was like, I was so for it. It's about time, man. Like, yeah, of course. We, we are actors, man. We can play different roles, you know, and the, the, the fame of the, for me, I think now is moving here at the right, moment, right time, uh, has made it really, really nice now. Like my, my mentor, which I'll, obviously I told you with the names I'll keep, she's amazing. She's, I call her mum, and she, she's straight down that ethnic lane. So she, um, helps promote like, uh, for me get roles and yeah, she will, she'll try her best to, to help me get some, some jobs as well. But she teaches me to become a, a good person as well. That's, that's one thing I've always loved. Like you, we all have no work times. We all have, oh, you're shortlisted or damn it. You didn't get the job or, yeah. or you didn't get a call back. You didn't get mm-hmm. a message back. You got to try and put it in your own mind to go, okay, how am I going to deal with this? Okay. Get back on a horse. Sure. Let's do it again. But how do you, um, you know, I'm getting the sense that you're quite a positive person and you, from what you've said, you know, you don't carry hate or you don't, I imagine you don't hold grudges or let yourself get bogged down too much in stuff, but without putting words in your mouth, which I tend to keep doing, but. No, no, no. Well, I mean, don't worry. It's like. Acting can be, uh, can be a negative experience or there can be a lot of negativity that come out of it because we're obviously focused on getting the gig and we don't get the gig. We don't get a callback. Um, how do you pick yourself up and dust yourself up and keep going? How do you keep yourself motivated? What are, what are your kind of mental health, what sort of mental health journeys have you been on? I realize I just threw like five questions at you, but. Oh, no, no, that's it, all of like, um, it's so funny because I remember when I first started, it was so personal. What's wrong with me? Why am I getting shortlisted, held and then released on the last day? What's, and then you see the person everywhere and you're like, that could have got the job over me. <laughs> And that's, that's the worst one because you're like, oh, I want to avoid uh, the coffee club or something. I want, I want to avoid the, yeah, the certain film that came in and um, you're like, oh, damn it. I went for that role. And I, oh, yeah. At first, I, it used to really get on me. And I didn't, I didn't have um, a partner at the time. And, you know, my mother didn't really understand the industry. So I had no one to converse with. Mm-hmm. But then as I started going along, I started – talking to them after my auditions. I was like, and when I got a certain job, I said, Oh, can I just ask you like, what, what sort of helps stand out? He said, well, do you just did this little thing in this moment? And that doesn't make a difference. And I was like, Oh, okay. It's like, yeah, I loved it. Thank you. I was like, Oh, thank you. And then I was like, hang on a sec. So they remember it. <laughs> so I was like, oh, okay. So it's not about getting the job anymore. Right. It's about creating a relationship with them. And then when I started creating relationships, I was bypassing the casting process and I was getting work without agents. And I was like, hang on a sec, this is, this is awesome. Um, then it got to a point where, you know, you get into films, you need an agent, <laughs> hands down. Like, <laughs> people say, you don't need an agent. And you're like, hey, why is Matt McConaughey got an agent? <laughs> Everyone's got an agent, you know. Um, and that's when I had to approach one. And funny enough, I couldn't get one. I, I got a, a lower tier one. Um, and then I'm hitting another brick wall. So my whole career was constantly brick walls, hitting brick walls. And I'm like, okay, okay, 
how am I going to get around this? How am I going to get around this? Okay, I got to get another job. I've got to keep building my own, my own stuff, keep momentum. Momentum is the hardest thing to ever carry forward. And I stopped. Uh, it wasn't until I moved here, my mentor said to me, you need to start enjoying the jobs because I'm so, I'll be on set thinking about what's my next job. Yeah. I'm not worried about this job. I'm not enjoying this job. The hard work mm. I put into it is what's the next job. And they always say that. It's like, it's, it's, the hardest thing is not getting a job. The hardest thing is creating momentum moving forward and having your face out there all the time. And yeah. I've always tried to maintain that so that people are always seeing your face on TV and all that stuff. And eventually, they're like, hey, I remember this guy. Hey. Maybe I should probably call him into and, and force them to call you into their room. Uh, that, as I started developing that, that whole mindset of changing and in gambling got more fun because you, you're like, okay, now I can play because everything I'm doing is right. Yeah. It's my way. You either like it or you don't. And then you, you keep going and then you start going, oh, okay. Then, then you start learning. So people forget about this. So when you get an audition, look at it. There's a reason why you got the audition. Mm, <laughs> like, yeah. Study it. it. It there's a people don't do that. Like people will complain. They'll like um, you know they'll they'll hand me something. And go oh yeah, I didn't get auditions or whatever. I'm like oh okay, I'll go back. I'll look on their page. They've got no reel. They've got no new update headshots. You know it. It's. I was the opposite. I used to go into my agent. I said, look, what else do you need? She goes, oh, I've got everything. I said, okay, well, can I get an interview to go to a higher level within the agency? And I remember I bumped it to her and she would just shrug me off. It's another brick wall. It's like, yeah. oh. You know, I, I look back, I go, man, so many people would quit if they went through my shoes like three, four years ago. Oh, sorry, three, four years into it, they would just quit. It's like, there's so many walls I went through. What keeps you motivated then? I mean, if you've been coming up against those brick walls so often, what kept you going? Oh, man, I want it bad. I want it bad, man. Like, <clears throat> when you know you're good at something and you've got something to, to offer to, to people, like it was in stories and telling, um, it just kept driving me and my family, man. My, my mother... She used to act in the villages. It's funny. My grandfather would sit on the porch and he'd say, oh, Julie, come and perform for us. And she cut the umbrella and she put it as a thing and she'd ride the pig in front of the thing. And everyone would start laughing. My mom was like a comedian. And my auntie said to me, did you know that? She was like, oh, my God. She looked at my mom and said, that's you when you were a kid. I was like, oh, so that's where I got it from, right? Um, and in the Samoan culture, it's, it's a, I want to make changes, not just, for, for me, just for the people as well. Like uh, I like to make breaks and, and people know people that they can get places if they just put their mind to it. Yeah. And um, family blessings within, oh, it's, it's weird. It's like when you're within Polynesian families, they want you to do well. They, they love that. They so embrace it. They support you. They have you from back. Anyone says anything negative, they'll just shut them out. And that's what's always kept me there. And if you're going to go for it, man, go. Don't ever look back, make your decisions, ask your questions, um, personal questions. Like, for example, you know, there'll be a point where people will be staring at you, you know, and you have your personal space, your privacy, things like that will be in question. You got to question yourself, oh, is, it, is this worth that? Because some people, like, they go, oh, you know, I want to get into it and, you know, they have the different reasons for getting into it, but you need to sit down and ask yourself questions. Okay, now I'm going to do this. That means I'm going to get rejected a lot. That means that, hey, if I do get roles, 
people are going to start looking at you. Mm-hmm. People are going to talk to you differently. Um, if you have a successful career, your privacy, everything's going to be in jeopardy. You know, th- these are things that you need to question and go, okay, am I ready for this? Okay. Now, if, actually, if this is what you want to do, then go for it and don't turn back. Um, when I hit Sydney, um, I got, I paid someone to help me out with my whole portfolio and, um, <clears throat> to get a new agent and all that sort of stuff to move up. Uh, my partner was, um, the main reason why I moved down and, uh, she's amazing. She, there's another story towards how it's weird with us, but, uh, I had a friend of mine say, oh, have you met anyone in the industry that will, um, go with your acting? I couldn't because when you do intimacy scenes, it's just, I know you would know as well, like from part, they just don't understand the, the process. Yeah. But my partner's dated a filmmaker, so she knows that, that when you do a makeout scene, there's like 15, 20 people in a room looking at you. <laughs> You'll even have a camera and some behind the camera going that close, <laughs> like right up in your face. Um, so there's no, yeah, it's like. It's, it's no like, actual intimacy. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Uh, so she, she was like a big, massive backbone for me. So she now has, um, she just knows how to, to, uh, talk to me and how to, to get things right. There's times when I'll go, oh, like you still have doubts. I go, oh, get that. Blah, blah, blah. She's like, you got shortlisted. I said, like, yeah, I know. I was shortlisted. Yes. Okay. Cool. You're right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> you know? So, um, when I moved here and I had that agent thing, I had, um, I didn't get an agent. He, I, I lost all that money and I had to start all over again Yeah. from what I'd learned from zero in Brisbane in Sydney. So I started mm. all over again and then I end up in within two years, I uh, have now signed with a top tier agent. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and it's funny out of all the agents I've had in my life, they're the only one, um, that when, when I got the call and they said they, you know, cause I, approached them and had the interview, they decided to take me on. I just broke down in tears, man. Cause the, um, the, uh, that I got announced on a, on a newsletter to the, to the actual, um, to the actual agency with the family and I got to meet them. And, um, you, you when you have someone that cares for you, bro, like it's, it's real, it's, it's, a, it's a massive difference. And it's funny because I rang him up and I was like, oh, dude, here's all the, the, the connections I made and everything. And he was like, you need to just go out and enjoy the sun. I've got your career. <laughs> so I was like, oh, okay, that's right. And it's now weird because now the uh, amount of jobs I, I go for uh, a smaller, it's, it's a smaller number each year, but it's more quality work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, it's nice. Like he, he's got my back. He, yeah. When you feel that love from your agent and that respect, um, man, you, there's nothing going to stop you. Oh, I look forward to, uh, getting to that point. Um, just kind of at the beginning, obviously you, you talked about the fact that you act full time now, what, at what point did you feel comfortable in your career to be like, okay, I don't need to have a job to support my acting anymore. I'm going to, I'm going to go all in, um, for this. 
what, what, at what point in your career did you feel that that was, you were in a position to make that decision? Yeah, that's a funny thing. Um, there's no right time. No, of course not. There's, uh, when I moved down here, that's when I made that, that decision to, to go. And, uh, for about two years, yeah, just a little bit over two years. Yeah. And the, oh man. I missed uh, um, the casual job I had up there. I just missed so many people up there. Uh, and I kept holding on to it. I didn't need it. I just kept holding on to it. And a good friend of mine pulled me aside and said, dude, we'll be fine. Like, we're still going to be here. We'll be keeping contact with you. We'll still be following your journey and everything. Um, and he knew, he knew why I stayed. I stayed for the people. And he said, look, we know you're going to do great things and be great and just, just go. Leave us, man. We're fine. And um, I catch up with them all the time when I go up there all the time. Yeah. Uh, and that's when I made that, that journey to move full time. And when you when you go full time, because there's no, it's hard. There is no part time. So a lot of people say, you know, part time. I'm going to do this part time. I'm going to do this casual. It's just all or nothing. You know, so that's, that's the harsh thing about it. And it's funny, it's like you'll be broke and then make money. There's no like, oh, I'm going to make a bit to go through as I can start get selling it bigger. It's either you're just broke or you just like <laughs> you get paid. It's like, where's the balance here, like, you know? So so that's why it's hard. Like, you make that decision, you go, okay, I'm going to be broke for, the, for so long. How long um, can I do it for? But the full-time, going full-time is the best thing. If you ever want to do anything in your life, you just got to go because you got to let go of that security blanket, man, that, that option B. There is no option B when you do this stuff. It's just yeah. Look, I'm just not, a. I won't. Um, I look. I've, I've spoken about this quite a few times with different people on the podcast. You know, Australia in particular is. It's not a. It's not like a buoyant, buoyant industry where you can necessarily be working all the time and sustain, um, sustain yourself. Like, it's. I think. You still need to pay rent. You still need to buy food. You still need to eat. So it's, I'm, I'm conscious of, I'm conscious of, of saying stuff like, I don't, I don't want to disagree with you and say like, you're wrong, obviously, because this is what's what, what works for you. Um, but I'm a, I'm conscious or afraid, afraid is the wrong word. I'm just conscious of putting out into the world that if you want it to work, you have to go all in and you, you can only be an actor, like you should only be acting and you shouldn't be focusing on another career or have a backup. I don't think necessarily some things are a backup, but you've got to, you've, you have to ensure that you can survive outside of acting. Like I have a full-time nine to five job, Yep. but I'm an actor first and foremost. So in mentally, mm. I'm all in. So if, it, if, it, if I get a gig that comes up that's unpaid, but it's going to be good for my career, now I get paid $900 a day to do my day job. Yep. I will say I'm not coming to work tomorrow and I will forego earning that money to do mm -hmm. the, to do the free job that's going to do my career. So I think, you know, I think you should go all in mentally, but it's not, I don't think it's necessarily possible for people to, to all. Yeah. I've, 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 without I've, having any kind of side hustle to bring money in. I've always found that, um, like when I felt that crunch with me, when I first moved here, I remember I took a photo of my two bank accounts and <clears throat> I had no agent, no nothing. And I, um, I literally had like, there's a workshop came up 
and it was it was 85 bucks and i said oh i don't know like i have no clue because i rang up my the guy that actually you know helped me out was going to help me with my agent and i said look you know i need to talk to him he's promised me the stuff he's taken this much money from me everything and i, I need to and he said oh if you want to talk to him it's 150 dollars for the hour and i was like so i went to this workshop and then yeah, that workshop changed my life and then from there i um i went back to zero that i learned from brisbane and just hustled and i had nothing oh man it was a spiritual challenge bro i'll tell you like mm. every day was just like a roller coaster um but it, it, it was it put me in so much pressure that i started going for jobs and i was on facebook pages i was auditioning for films uh that for the casting directors I was sourcing every single source that I, you know, have developed all the skill sets that I developed from, from Brisbane and then I was, I was getting work and just day I get rollovers from those payments. Um, so, and it's been now, yeah, about two, some of those ones are rolling into the third year and I've, I've lived off that. Plus yeah. I've got other jobs on top. I feel that the, I believe, um, that you're even if you do work in the film industry it may help you find something that's not within film like for example i went to this screening uh uh the, oh, the writers for uh anyway long story got short he was always on film sets reading books and stuff like that and then he wrote his first script which was revenge of the sith and he sold it for two hundred thousand dollars and he became a, a writer but i always believe that if you go full into it, it, it may not be acting. You may be a writer, you may be a director, you may be a producer, you may be, or it may lead you to the job you got now. Or I always find that if you have a security blanket, it can ease off your pressure to, to want to pursue something. Sure. More. That's the only, that's the only thing I find that a lot of friends of mine are still comfortable with their jobs up in, there, they still message me like, "How's the industry and how's everything going?" But I always say, "I'm like, you have to do it yourself. You got to dive in. Like, there's no, I can't give you the answers. Like, you, you might get way more work than me. You know, who knows?" I always find that um, it's important to pay the bills. You know, even you like even that night field job for Carl's is is nice. You know, your auditions at night time. Yeah. If you if you want to get off, just take the time off. Yeah. If that's what you got to do, you got you got to do what you got to do to to survive to get through and but it, once you make the other job consume more more hours of your passion you focus less on the study aspect of you getting becoming who who how great you are yeah no i yeah. don't disagree with that like yeah. that's the only the only reason why um the borderline but i totally mm. believe you've got to pay your bills you've got to survive and people start off doing jobs doing mm. cool I'm just conscious of time. We've kind of clicked over the hour point now. So I'm going to ask one final question given, because I like your, um, your levels of like one to 10 of, of what you're working towards or where you're getting. As I said before, you know, a lot of people question like, oh, I, I'm, I've been doing this for a year and I'm not anywhere. I'm not where I need to be. If you had to give a piece of advice to someone that felt that that was questioning, I'm not, am I good enough? Where, where am I at? Like I'm not getting the results. Yep. What would your piece of advice be? Well, my piece of advice would be, okay, firstly, um, like for example, 
one benefit out of that website, um, the independent websites that you use, is you act as your own agent. Mm-hmm. And that's what teaches you about how to market yourself. You find more about yourself. I find that if you're struggling, you need to look back and go, okay, what have I done to help myself get out there more? Yeah. You know, that's, so you, you have to have, firstly, real, it doesn't matter what it is. Like, as long as you have something there, you know, you've got short films. We all done short films. We all start. That's how you learn. You can't not do short films. And you know, it's funny when you get a short film and it gets an award or gets recognized, that's equivalent to a film. Because actually the, the credits are exactly the same. Yeah. You know, there's no difference between going on set in a short film and going on a official set or what they call a high budget, sorry, mm-hmm. high budget set. Same thing. You yeah. turn up, you get your makeup, you learn your lines, you do your thing. There's no difference at all whatsoever. Once you do more of them, you start to create your your awareness. See, for me, what I, what I really um, pride, pride uh, my work ethic on was I started learning stuff where, for example, clients would ring me up, go, hey, dude, I need to do a promotional video. I was like, okay, cool. Um, he goes, we got a six-hour window to shoot. I'd make sure they have it done in two hours and we're having beers. Because the thing is, I'm like, what's the star shot? Cool, right? Got the focus? Cool, boom. The guy's like, help, wait, what the? Uh, what's the info? End shot, yeah, cool, yep. Got the focus? Yep. He's like, what? I'm doing this guy's job, right? And I go, is this the pace to walk at? Yeah, cool, where, where else do you want me to walk to? You, you have to know these things, right? If you, if that, um, if he can do a job in two hours and get paid for six hours, he's gonna call you back again. Yeah. If he calls someone else that takes six hours to do a job in six hours or four hours, he's still going to tell them what to do and he's still going to. Yeah. So, so what's your piece of advice that you're giving to someone out of all this? Yeah. See, my, my piece of advice, you need to go outside the box. You need to learn more about just being in front of the camera. You got to learn everything else about it. You got to learn how can I make their job easier? It's not about, because at the end of the day, you, you're there to help. And they want you to bring something to, to the film set or the, yeah. the job or whatever. But how can you make their job easier? They, when they cast you, when they look at you, they, they like what you bring. But if you can bring 10, 15, 20 options, they're going to love it. If yeah. you bring one, what the hell? <laughs> yeah, sure. You know, you've got to go out of the box and you've got to become one of those people that they go, oh, like uh, Danny Rako said that one of his actors comes to set prepared knows all their lines, knows all the options, knows um, backups in case something happens. Um, he's got everything covered. So once they go shoot, he does his bit, he's got everything covered. And then he just critiques a little bit or whatever because he's done all the hard work at home. They, their job is easier. They just, it's quick. Because they've got deadlines. They've got, they got things to do. You know, they, you've, yeah, so create the ammo. More ammo you got, the better you are as an artist. Perfect. Mate, thank you so much for spending some time with me. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, it sounds like you are definitely well on your way to making it. Um, and sounds like you've had making, made it in certain points uh, of your career already, which is, which is fantastic. One thing I can give advice, sorry, Danny, is um, <laughs> write your own stuff. Yeah. Everyone's got beautiful stories to tell, dude. Like, write a short, make it to a short, get connections with films, like students. There's, there's students out there that want to make more movies, connect with them after they graduate. Yeah. Get stuff done. 
Yeah, yeah. 100%. All right, Paul, thank you so much. I hope you enjoy the rest of your Sunday and uh, good luck on the rest of your journey to making it. Which means thank you in Samoan. Amazing. Have a good day. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode with Paul Talbot. I really enjoyed having a chat with him and I probably will be having a good look at my own <laughs> my own trajectory and what uh, where I think I am on the roadmap to making it. Um, next week we have LA-based Hawaiian actor Josh Margulies where we talk about how he keeps the money rolling in and keeping motivated while he continues to chase the dreams that he's had for the last two decades. For now though, good luck on your own journey to making it.